welcome to Up To and Including Death. My name is Dr. Patricia Brewer. I'm John Brewer. And this week, I've decided that we need to bring out the big guns. So it's a complicated storyline, a complicated history of cinema. So we brought Brother Steve. Yay! Hey, everybody. How's it going? It's Steven. He's here. He's in Savannah. Do you want to close that door, John? We have been inundated with teens. Um, so we have teens and dogs that are uh, noisy. 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 You hear the clicky clacky. Uh, so, Steve, how's it going? Well, it's going, it's going good. Yeah. Um, I have never seen this movie or even know anything about it. So The movie is Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker. And just to to say the lines on on Shutter on Shutter Central, it says, "Billy's about to graduate, but Aunt Cheryl wants him all to herself in this twisted cult gym." I think there's a whole subsection of porno that has that. I know, right? Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I I knew nothing about this film either. Like I'd never heard of this. Yeah, it's in Shutter Essential. It's got five skulls. Five skulls. What year was this made, John? 1981. And you've not even heard of it, huh, Steve? No. As a matter of fact, sometimes I think Shudder just puts on old movies to their essentials just because they haven't. <laughs> yeah. it's like, like, I don't know if this is actually an essential horror movie or Shudder just needed to do something with a license. Well, I don't know. I think it's kind of fun, though. One thing I've been noticing when we watch movies that should be terrible is that for the most part, it's been incredibly enjoyable. Like, last week we watched... Cell. Cell. Have you seen that? It came out in, like, 2013. Uh, I, saw it, I saw it in theaters, actually. With, no, yeah. That was, that oh, wait, 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 wait. You're talking about the John Cusack. Yes. Yeah. Stevie Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually just listened to that uh, podcast the other day. Oh, yeah. So, it, yeah. It is so good. Yeah. You have to watch it. It's one of those things, I, like... Uh, no, I've seen the movie. Okay. I, it got panned. Yeah. And... I was like, you know what? I really like the book. Um, I, I read, I've read the book like four or five times. So I was like, I'll give this a shot. And I was surprised about how good the movie was. Yeah. yeah. yeah it wasn't It wasn't perfect, but like... No, the CGI was, was incredibly bad. Yeah. For the oh, most part, yeah. the acting <laughs> was great. I mean, even the creepy kid was being a creepy kid. Like, they're all yeah. doing a good job. Yeah. yeah. And was... the girl that played the... Uh, the girl that played his like daughter-ish character, not his daughter, but the young girl yeah. in his, and the way she died, yeah. yeah, it looked like they had bashed her brains in, <laughs> oh, yeah. like the way she was yeah. twitching, and it wasn't, it was subtle, like she had seen some shit, and she was using her experience yeah. to show what yeah. was go- what yeah, that was it like. Was really well done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Yay. okay, so what is going on with this movie, John? Want to okay. tell us a little bit about it? This has all kinds of. Of fuckery when you like read things about it. Okay. Okay. Well, first of all, you read the the synopsis. That's pretty much what everything gives. Okay. It was uh, directed by William Asher, who is known for Return of Green Acres, I Dream of Genie. What? Private Benjamin. Okay. The Bad News Bears TV series, A Christmas for Boomer. Dukes of Hazard. I mean, just this list of like super bewitched. Yeah, super. Wait, yeah. Wait, Bad News Bears had a TV show. Apparently, I so. I've seen it in 1980 or 1979 oh. to 1980. Wow. But I mean, this is all 
His Gidget. His list of credits are squeaky clean TV. Bikini Beach. You know, from the 50s and 60s. And then Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker. How did that happen? <laughs> it's, it's like shoehorned in. What, did he lose a bet? I don't know. It, well, let's see what was going... No, because like it's this book came out in 1981, and he has a crap ton of stuff that yeah. he... Well, he doesn't have... He was doing it, the Bad News Bears TV series, between 1979 and 1980. And in 1981, this movie came out. Yep, but then, it didn't mark a shift because after this is when he did like <laughs> Private Benjamin. A TV and- I wonder if he got a divorce while you know when this happened because sometimes when directors go into dark stuff, you like uh, Steven Spielberg and George Lucas when they were filming uh, Temple Doom, uh-huh. they were both going through divorces, and that's one of the main reasons why the movie was so dark. Maybe this guy had like a divorce or something i gotta say uh, i really i when i was young i hated temple of doom i was really scared of it like it really frightened me but and also it just seemed very stupid and now that i'm an adult i love temple of doom i think it might be my favorite of the indiana jones yeah certainly really? i don't put the fourth movie on my list at all um <laughs> i mean it was fine yeah. the problem is that that alien thing should have been a type of god like Every yeah, other thing is types of like gods. An angel or something yeah. like that, like a like, demon or something. It should have been yeah. angels. I mean, even like gods from another dimension, but interdimensional yeah. beings is just stupid. Like aliens is just so lazy. I know. It's like it's the easiest way out. It is the safest way. You know, like when they did the aliens, that means that they don't have to worry about religious groups coming after them. Yeah. And like when they never cared about that before. No, it's like the, you did Shiva versus Kali in one of them. Yeah. You did like both the Israeli God and the Christian God. And Same the Christian dude. God, yeah. Same dude, Same but God, different still, stories. Yeah. Like, and like this is where you're like, okay, let me just do this culture stuff in a weird way. And like. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, so let's hear some more. Oh, Bo Stevenson's in this? Bo Svensson. Bo Svensson? Yeah, and the list of starring actors. Jimmy McNichol is in it, who also around this time was doing, like, Love Boat and soap operas. What? Yeah, it's Gross. like they pulled in from TV. But it stars him and Susan Tyrell and Bo Svensson, Marsha Lewis, and the one I didn't see coming, Bill Paxton. Uh, but he was William Paxton then. Bill Paxton is in this film. It was before oh. he was Bill. Yeah, he was he was uh, credited as William Paxton. And let me check if this is his first Back credit. When he was doing no, he was doing stuff. He did a few The shorts. Egyptian Princess of Unfolding Fantasy. But this is very, very early. He oh. played a, a bit part in Stripes. Yeah. The Bill Murray movie. Right. But oh, talk yeah. about another yeah. weird but movie this would be weird his... guy for this movie. Yeah, and then he jumped into this and he didn't get anything of any kind of uh, no of any meaning until the Terminator in eighty four. Oh, he was in the miniseries of the Atlantic Child Murders. I didn't even know they had a nineteen eighty five miniseries <laughs> of that because uh-huh. that came out. Those child murders were like in the seventies. Oh, they were in the seventies. I thought it was like eighty one. I think it was in the seventies. I've never heard of those. The Atlanta Child Murders were these um, black children getting like abducted and murdered. And of course, like the city wasn't doing anything about it, and it was actually right. it was a, obviously a serial killer or a series of serial killers, 
And um, because it was black children from lower income communities, it took a lot of um, grassroots uh, like protests basically to get anything done. And they kind of pinned all the child murders on one guy, which it's like he definitely killed someone. But whether he killed all these children is another story. But basically, once the one guy that was caught having killed a 17-year-old, they're like, yep, that's the one killing all the other little kids. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, 79 to 81. Yeah. And he was, the guy they caught was responsible for at least 24 of the 30. Yeah, so he oh did kill God. a shit ton of kids. Yeah. Um, but they there was Why also like other people doing well murders. Known? Huh? Why isn't that more well known? Because they're black. I heard because a podcast of about it not point. too long ago. Yeah, so it's actually um it's a part of the oh, what's the one it's not criminal minds. There's a thing on Netflix that's like um the invention of the criminal uh investigation unit in in the FBI. It's like the the oh, Mind Hunter. Mind Hunter. The second season of oh, Mind Hunter yeah, okay. follows those murders, yeah. um, because it's like, it? yeah, they're trying to find out who did it, and they're trying to like assist with it. Uh, but there's also you know racism, um, a lot of it, and it's interesting because you know at the time there's a black mayor, and a lot of the people in Atlanta are black that are in the higher up, but. These are, that mean nothing. They were having clan rallies. It means now. nothing because the people, yeah. the people with the real power, are the ones that are like the ones yeah. investigating it are all racist pieces of shit that don't. That mayor and, was Andrew Johnson, wasn't it? Not Andrew. What's the name of the mayor? Andrew. I can't remember. Something. I mean, I was like he was mayor for a long time, right? Yeah. But yeah his name is Andrew something. So yeah, so this came up because the fellow that the actor that was in this. Like five years, like three years after he did this, he did the Atlanta child murders. And oh, wow. okay, John, what else do we have here? Okay, well, I just noticed I was I was having a hard time finding stuff about this on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's under Rotten Tomatoes under its other name. Yes, which is called Night Warning. Now, does it have a different name in America versus England, or is it that it's a British one, a British horror, right? No, no, it was re-released as Night Warning. So when oh. it first came out, it was. Butcher, Baker, Nightmare Maker, and I think they decided that name is kind of silly. Yeah, because it's an Stupid. awful name. Yeah. That's, it, like, not, that's not a good name for a movie. It's, you know, because it's like, oh, it's Butcher, Baker, Candlestick Maker. And it's like, well, that's kind like, of... We get what you did. We get it. <laughs> but it's not like what you... It's not doing what you think it's going to do. Wow. This helps me get some better rankings because it was a 6.4 on IMDb. Oh, okay. And under... Still not very bad for IMDb for horror. Under the original Hello. title, it was nothing on Rotten Tomatoes. Ah. But it's a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh! For oh, the critics. Wow. And 62 for the audience. Wow, okay. okay. Yeah. Let's hear some of this. A kooky little 80s movie worth seeing out... Worth seeking out if you want to know what William Asher was directing during the decade. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, yes, that does come up from time to time. It's, a, <laughs> it's an exceptional like, film. Remember when we were talking about? I wonder what William Asher yeah. was up you know, to. You know, you know the guy that did all those I Dream of Genie episodes that also did Bewitched. Do you know that guy? What's yeah. he doing in 1981? <laughs> <laughs> now this one, the, this Oedipus update boasts a powerhouse performance from Susan Tyrell and Tyrell. Tyrell, and yeah. incorporates some surprisingly progressive queer content for a film released in 1982. Yeah, one of the odd, other odd things is if you go to IMDb, I believe that's where I saw it. Yeah. It says it's based on the Oedipus, com- or uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. So are Oedipus you, you Rex. have you guys gone no, into the, the original uh, story from the, you know, the ancient story yeah, of Oedipus. Yeah, so, it's Oedipus, it's Oedipus Rex. Yeah. Um, well, it's Oedipus, Oedipus oh, Rex, uh, that play Oedipus takes Oedipus the on. king Yeah, Sophocles. Yeah, Sophocles. Sophocles. The, which is Oedipus Rex, yeah. Oedipus the king. I played the um, old lady in that. Did you guys I do was, that in high school? No, I had to take a drama class because my advisor was stupid and so i had they took my goofy awkward butt put me in a drama class i'd never had any acting experience okay the first play was oedipus why would they go into oedipus as like the first play seriously Uh, mr jingle jangle keys i was trying not to (laughs) um so that is pretty wild like we read all okay we read all those uh, works and stuff like that, and because like, I took Greek and stuff, but also like I just went over this in my in my intro class. Do you, John? Do you want to give us a background of what the Oedipal Complex is, Mister Psychology Boy? Did you guys oh, do it in class yet? Yeah, well, it's the what's well, Freud's theory of the urge to uh, usurp your father and have sexual relations with your mother. But you know, in a way, when we think about that, it's also like you want to grow up and be your father. And you want to have to marry your mother in, in yeah, like a... Yeah, but it's like, it's not real. Well, I mean, it's it's the first part of trying to think about the development of childhood and stuff like that. But the story itself, of course, is um, Oedipus's dad goes to the Oracle at Delphi and the and asks, how my, how's my son going to be when he grows up? Yeah. And the Oracle's um, he's like, gonna, he's going to kill his dad and marry his mom. Yeah. Yeah. And then... Oedipus, when he he gets raised by the neighboring kings, king and queen, he goes to the oracle. And the oracle says the th- same thing: you're gonna kill your dad and marry your mom. But none of them like think for a second like I wouldn't do that. So I'm gonna go talk to anybody about it. I'm just gonna make an action because yeah. the dad sent him off away to be killed, thinking that that was gonna take care of it. And Oedipus didn't know that his parents were not his parents because he they're his adoptive parents. So he didn't want to go back just in case he might want to bone his mom when he goes back. And so they could have told him if he had just gone back. Instead, what does he do? Kills his father on the road, his biological dad on the road, because his biological dad is an asshole. It's the same guy that killed a baby, tried to kill a baby. Um, yeah. And then he married his mom. He liked the older ladies. Yeah. And had a bunch of kids with her. Yeah, when Oedipus went to... Uh... I think it was the Oracle that I played. Um, yeah. That, that was that was who I did, was the Oracle. You know, I've been there to, in Delphi. Delphi? Yeah, where the Oracle gave her, like, Oracles. Yeah. And it's interesting, like, all, all the known Oracles that she's ever given are always, like, you have to really think about what is the riddle, right? You know, it's like, okay, yeah. if you go, if you cross this river, a great kingdom will fall. The king thinks that if he conquer, try if he goes into Persia by crossing this river, he's going to defeat Persia. What does he do? His own kingdom falls. <laughs> like, um, it's you good know, um, like one of the main uh, ideas behind the oracle's abilities, right? Was the, the um, was it? The, it was the uh, um, 
emissions from yes. uh, cracks in the earth. So they yeah, it. so it's really cool. So when you're there, the temple is still there, but it doesn't have the roof at all. But what would happen is the oracle actually goes underground, and she stands, uh, sits upon a tripod, so like a um, a three legged stool that's over yeah. a fissure in the earth, and the smoke comes up. But that's part of it. Where that's where Apollo destroyed Gaia's snake. And like he basically, mm-hmm. because he killed her snake, Apollo was able to take on the 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 Earth goddess's power of prophecy, and so that's why Apollo can give prophecy because he at this place he basically killed the snake and shoved it back into the ground. So the smoke coming out of it, the volcanic fumes, which of course yeah. are toxic. She also like the oracle would have walked up from the the village below, chewing on laurel leaves, which have a kind of psychedelic property they're poisonous so she basically chew on poison leaves walk up stand and like get a bunch of fumes in her in her eyes and then after she would say some nonsense and the priest is the one who listens to what she says and then interprets it and tells the person uh who asked the oracle the question what the answer was oh yeah the priest the ones that would uh rape the actual oracle yeah well, yeah, definitely. But um, that was when um, Sparta was ready to defend, uh, was considering going to war with uh, Persia. Yeah. When they, they had um, attacked Thermopylae. Mm. Not Thermopylae, uh, Marathon. Yeah. Uh, Leonidas goes to the Oracle. And one of the uh, deals was if the. Um, Oracle allowed the Spartans to go to war, they would supply them more versions. Yes. Of course, the Oracle said no. Yes. The Oracle's <laughs> like, we don't need any more. You know what's yeah, cool like, is like when when the, the movie 300 came out, I had actually just, I was in my ancient Greek class and we were reading Herodotus' The Histories where this story is unfolded. Like Herodotus oh, writes yeah. about it. And so when you watch the movie... There's a scene in which the creepy priests are listening to the oracle speak and groping her, and then they translate for the oracle to the Spartans. But what she says out loud in the movie is the actual Greek that's written in Herodotus' The History of what she said. Yay! Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's my bedtime reading. Yeah, I had it in ancient Greek, but no big deal. Oh, it's it's all a bunch of... Half made up truth. Well, it's anyway. like you no know that the uh, that Egyptians they pee the men pee sitting down and the women pee sitting up. Sitting up. Yeah, yeah. That was, standing uh, up. Herodotus is. I, I, I'm. I could probably fill a podcast with my opinions yeah. on Herodotus, but uh, he um, he's basically the only source that we have for most of the stuff. Yeah. That we know. Well, when and the we Greeks first fought the Persians. That, they were terrified because the Persian wore pants and they'd never seen pants before. So the Greeks went running away because they're terrified of the Persian's pants. Their yeah. legs were bifurcated. They're like, what's going on? <laughs> okay, wait. So let's go back to this, John. Let's hear it. What's okay. going on? Well, another odd fact about it. It was given a regional release only in Oregon. What? In November of 81. <laughs> <laughs> through Corn World Pictures. Corn World yeah. Pictures? 300 yep. people live in Oregon. It, fina- 300. If, yeah. 
And then I went to the U.S. Cities in 82. It was nominated for a Saturn Award for the Best Horror Movie of 82 by the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films. Wow. Wow. And then it was reissued theatrically again in 83 under the new title. Okay. Well, it's kind of like that movie, um, The Edge of Tomorrow, which was originally Live, Die, Repeat. Yeah, um, that was and a good movie. It was so good, and they. I think one of the so issues good. was like they, like I wonder if this like three three things name just doesn't work in Hollywood. Like live die yeah. repeat, which I think is a better name than Edge of Tomorrow because it is exactly what the movie's about. <laughs> yeah, but that was a good movie. Okay, so that was a really good movie. Yeah, I love that movie. So John, Stephen well, is very delicate. Yes. And I'm worried that there might be something in this movie that could upset him. So yes. could you... Any spookums? Could well, you tell I me, if, is he, is there, I really don't want him to feel uncomfortable. This is, this is really odd because this movie was banned in Iceland. What? It was rejected in uh, Great Britain, I think, the first time until it was cut. Or in the United Kingdom. Oh my God, the dog just farted and it's terrible. So, banned in Iceland. I'm really excited to see what makes this movie bad in Iceland. Well, and that's the strange thing, is because of the parents' guide, sex and nudity is moderate. Ooh. Just enough, then. There's an undercurrent of incestuous sensuality between a young man and his aunt. <laughs> All right. There's a shot of a girl's naked breasts and a young man's bare buttocks are seen for it's several seconds. It's about time, because the last bare buttocks we got was in The Body Snatchers, and it was not Sexy Man's buttocks. It wasn't no, it was Je- the, Jeff Goldblum's. It was the 300-pound dude getting the... out of a freaking mud, mud bath. bath. Yes, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Violence and gore is also moderate. Several murders by a deranged woman. Stabs, strangles, and hits people in the head. Excellent. With a fair amount of blood. A man's hand is cut off. A rotting corpse is seen. A decapitated head is seen preserved in a large jar. Excellent. I'm liking the sound of this. Profanity is also moderate. Huh. Damn, hell, fuck, etc. I'm... Pretty sure of that. Yes, the subject matter, definitely. Yeah. Al- alcohol, drugs, and smoking is mild. Yeah? Yeah, the cops Ooh. are frequently smoking. And a woman is putting drops into a liquid of a liquid drug into a carton of milk. Ooh. And then frightening and intense scenes, also moderate. Wow. The car crashing is fairly intense, and there is much tension in some of the murder scenes. You know what's interesting about this is that, like... Ooh. It sounds like there would almost not be enough for it to be rated R, except it's about an aunt that wants to fuck her nephew. Well, it's supposed to have quite a bit of murders. Okay. So I think that's... Like, one of these reviews comes up and it says, you know, I went to this thinking, oh, here's a movie. It's a slasher film. <laughs> and it's going to have a positive queer representation. I didn't, oh. I didn't realize that it was going to be negotiating the subject in such an intricate fashion. So I guess who's the gay people? Is Billy gay? Like who's the gay? That was from the Horror Queers podcast. Okay. So and someone says it's an exceptional film both in its execution and its content. That's from Fangoria. Okay, but here we go. What everyone really wanted to know was about this wonderful director and his like this midpoint of his career. It says Asher directs with a meat and potatoes efficiency and visual sense, letting the casting, risk-taking performances, and the twisted, quirky screenplay carry the day. 
Yeah, I mean, it's sound, and these are from top critics. This Why is from, are like, all these people like following this guy? Uh, His... This is from like Fangoria and Variety. Yeah, that guy was the Film Comment Magazine. Yeah. Well, I mean, the shows that he did were enormously popular. Yeah, that's true. I've actually so, watched like, many episode of both I Love uh, I Dream of Jamie and Bewitched. Which lately, I've been thinking in Bewitched that she was in an abusive relationship. Darren didn't want her to be herself. She should have left him for someone that was more attractive and that actually like loved the fact that she was a witch and had magical powers. Yeah, I'm but. Oh, for I Dream of Jeannie? Yeah, no, this was from, this was in uh, Bewitch. She marries, basically, uh, Samantha marries Darren, who doesn't like that she's a witch. And basically, anytime she uses magic, he's like, you used magic. Because she's got to be a housewife on her own merit. And it's like, I know, she's got to do all the cooking. She could literally turn her nose and the house would be clean and the meals cooked. But instead he wants her to do that and spend all of her day doing that. You better bewitch your damn bank account. Yeah. It's like... Get your ass out there. That's how I feel every night when I come downstairs and dinner's there. It's like, oh, how nice. It's like... I wonder if she could bewitch the lottery numbers just once. Just once. Yeah. No, because... Bewitch me a better job. Like, there'll be things where she'll, like, bewitch herself, like, a fur coat, and he gets mad because he should be the one buying it for her, but that fucker doesn't earn enough money to buy her a fur coat. If you bewitched all your nail polish, that would be awesome. If it would just do it for (laughs) me, and I don't have to... If you didn't have to pay for all of it. I've got to say, Olive in June, it's kind of like it's bewitching because of how effective that nail polish is. Olive in June will sponsor us by sending me nail polish, please. My favorite nail polish. But only her because yeah. the other two people on this podcast. So John care. got me involved in this and he keeps saying that if they become an MLM, I'm going to be their first victim. And the thing is, it's not like I don't need money to spread the good news. I know, but you do spread the good news. I do. Trish, if you had the I'm product to right give now, to people. You get in that MLM stuff, I'm getting all my brothers, all your brothers. We're not going to have an intervention. We are going to torture you so mercilessly <laughs> that you will have to quit no. because it will be the safest solution. No, it's actually like with insurance with Affleck. I kind of sometimes worry that it sounds like it because, but it's like, here's a thing that you can get that will give you lots of money. And all you have to do is go to the doctor when you need to go to the doctor. But that's because that's how supplemental health insurance works. But it yeah. does make me feel skeevy. Like I'll talk to a guy talked to one guy once and he wanted to order like everything I was selling. I'm like, hold on, bro. Like, this is half of your paycheck. We can't do that. And he's like, oh, I don't need the money for this job. I already have a pension. This is just for fun. And I'm like, okay. And so then like his like boss was like, contacts me and he's like, hey, um, did you do something illegal? I'm like, no, I talked to him. You should talk to him. And they're like, oh, that's weird. I'm like, okay. Who ironically gets health insurance? Well, it's so weird. It's like, it's stuff that like pays extra. So if you got like, um, there's things that you can get, like if you die by accident, it's a lot extra money for your family. Right. If you, there's like cancer insurance and heart attack insurance and all kinds of stuff like that you can get. And it's not crazy expensive, but he just got all of it. Which mm-hmm. is not, usually it's like you talk to people and it's like they build up over time. This guy's like, no, I want every single one you got. Okay, John, sorry, I got distracted okay. by... I want to do one more thing before we start this. It's a portion of a user review from IMDb. It caught my eye, this one paragraph. 
They said, whatever it takes, whatever you have to do to get this on your VCR and master directly onto your brain. <laughs> Let nothing stand between you and your own personal copy of Night Warning. Night Warning what is, is as, this? Night Warning <laughs> is as bent as it gets in mainstream filmmaking. And that special time from the mid-70s to the mid-80s where a project like this could get funded and shot has gone forever. <laughs> so Okay. Yeah. I hate that. I hate it when people say things like that. <laughs> he wants like, it injected directly into its veins. Yeah, man. No, like, we, no, I hate when people like, they could never make this movie now. This is okay. too transgressive. Oh, I this is too transgressive. <laughs> hey, yeah. come on. Human centipede upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> some depraved stuff that's out there. Now. Human centipede was one I had to shut it off. Yeah. Really? Well, well part two. Uh, I never watched the second one. I watched the first one, and I watched, like, the first five minutes of part two, and I was like, nope. You know, <laughs> it just makes me... I don't real, I don't want to see Human Centipede, because that sounds just like... It's, it's, it's not a good movie, either. It's just going to be gross. It's not. It really but is. It, it's just the subject matter makes it... Yeah, it, it's a crazy idea, but it's not well done. But you know what is well yeah. done? Most of the Saw movies. The Saw movies are spectacular. Except for the most recent one, which was just kind of like, you didn't want to make light. a Saw movie. It was yeah. Saw light. Yeah, it's like you Main wanted to make saw. a Saw movie, but instead, but you wanted to make Seven. Yes. So you kind of connected it in a way that made it less good. It was, was that Chris Rock's uh, Saw movie? Yeah. yeah, and it's not that Chris Rock was bad or anyone's it, so. bad at it. It's just like the movie wasn't supposed to be a Saw movie. Yeah, if it was not a Saw movie and they changed the names... It yeah. would have been a pretty decent yeah. movie. Yeah. But you can't tie it to Saw. No. It was Sovin. It was Sovin because, like, if it was tied to Seven, <laughs> yeah. that would be great. But yeah. because it was tied to Saw and, like, the Saw franchise, the thing is, like, Saw is, like... different. Saw has so many wheels within wheels within wheels. Yeah. And it this were, one didn't have that. It were simple puzzles. It was not, like, a gore fest. No. It was just meh. Meh. It was It was, it was like, more... Like a, there was like more killing. Saw, I guess. Yeah, there was, like, more... Gore in the first ten minutes of Saw Six. Yeah, like the the garage. I scene. haven't seen Saw. Okay, wow. Steve, <laughs> the Saw movies are great. They're delicious. They're so good. Like they're so good, Steve. You got to do it. But what we should do. Was in the first one, and that's why I watched well, it because I watch anything he did. You have to. You have to come visit up here, and we'll do a saw marathon. Yes. On the uh, projector basement. Oh yeah, we just like redid the basement, so where there's like a projector screen on one of the walls. We've got a fridge full of beer, um, and a freezer that has ice and water. Well, well we'll have ice, um, and we've got like a bar and a couch and stuff. And we could do a saw marathon. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. I'm talking about, I'm, you know, I was thinking, like, who the hell would sit for 14 hours watching movies? But then I recently watched all three Lord of the Rings movies. You know, like, for the I. Of time and yeah. <laughs> I started watch, re watching Harry too. Potter, and I just didn't have it in me because I really want to watch the later ones, but I don't just want to watch, like, five, six, and seven or whatever. <laughs> but um so yeah i don't know i tried to watch yeah. the first one again i'm like this is too happy i, went, I need more I sadness the first three of those movies i used to take sam to see those movies yeah but i stopped after the third one mm -hmm. because um I, thankfully he got old enough like cause i never got into it like because yeah that wasn't really my universe like, yeah that, those books came much later in my life i was like what uh, 20 yeah in I your think, 20s I think yeah because yeah, I was in high school was before I got into it 
Um, and now, like, the main lady is, like, a huge transphobe. (laughs) And I was like... When I took Sam to see one of them, they were protesting them. Who was? Uh, Harry Potter. Some Christian group. Oh, yeah. Well, they've been protesting that since day one. Yeah, because it's so bad. Because it's magic. Let's get started. Uh, Butcher, Baker, Nightmare, Maker. Steve, do you feel comfortable now that you've heard... Like, all these, like, that it's not too many boobies, just one I pair? I don't know. It feels like we're about to watch something either extraordinarily awesome or something just so bad that I want to And also something you really don't want to watch with your sister, but... Uh... It might be Bizarro yeah. Cell. Yeah. Well, like, Cell we went in with no with expectations. Hands, yeah. yeah, this one we're coming and think it's going to be great. Yeah, Cell we came in thinking it was going to be hot garbage. I know, and I thought that I wasn't going to make it through the first... After the first minute, I was like, this is sucks, I hate this, like the shaky cam. It was so good. There. And then they started holding the camera steady, and we were off to the races. All right, um, let's go. Yay. Three minutes in. <laughs> Jesus Christ, we are three minutes and 18 seconds in. That was spectacular. That was the most... That was great. That was so intense. That was like the end of oh Final Destination. It was like, they started... This must have been their budget, right? Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's, but... it's all like, you know, in, in uh, insinuations from the ant from this day before. Because it's... Yeah. That, opening scene was just insane yeah so the uh the young couple give their child who is about what three or four john no not even that old no how old is john's the one in charge of understanding how old kids are 18 months to two 18 months to two gives this boy to aunt cheryl who's going to take care of him um aunt cheryl looks like she's 45 Mm, I wouldn't say that old. I think really this is 1981. I think oh, she's probably 30. Yeah. She's probably she's 30, probably like but like 23. But <laughs> the mom looks pretty old. I thought that Aunt Cheryl might have been like her, the mom's aunt, but she also might be like the older sister. Or something. I think she's the kid's aunt. She's the kid's aunt, so like it would be the sister of somebody. Yes. But anyway, so Aunt Cheryl, like the kid, freaks out as they turns red. Great acting yeah. from this child. Yeah. Um, and it freeze frames over Aunt Cheryl. As the parents drive off, because they're going to go stay at some hotel, and they're going to stay at a couple hotels, and then the most insane thing happens. Well, the brakes go out on the car. And they're going through this windy road. I'm sorry, what was that, Steve? I think we all know why the brakes went out. Yeah, it was a bit unusual. Like someone cut the line, right? Yeah, because they were just gone. I've had had brakes go out on a car, and it's not complete failure ever. So it's either the front or the back. They have a closet in the back of the car. I think, whose joke was that? Was that yours, Steve? That they've got a closet in the back of the car where it's like all these dresses are hanging in the back of the car. And I was like, okay, who's going to get a hanger in the eye? And uh, no, so the husband decides that's a good idea to speed up as he's going down this windy road instead of like, I don't know, try. I mean, he's like going back and forth. And his, his final thing, he's going almost to the ledge and not... And then he gets to a log truck with one log sticking out with a red ribbon tied around it. Yeah. And he just goes right into it. Yeah. And they show his head come off. It's spectacular. Oh, Did it's it come so off? Done. They showed basically no. like this whole head. It just slammed his head behind the front seat. Yes. It was really And nice. then she's still in the car. Yeah. Yeah. She's covered in yeah. his blood because she's not wearing a seatbelt, obviously. 
and it's like 1981. No, and so like so she gets in the driver's seat ostensibly to also put on the gas. Um, <laughs> no, I think it was trying to escape. Yeah, and so but I mean she probably should have tried to escape from her her store. But think. anyway, she's no she's because she's got control of the wheel. But and there then, was no control of the wheel because she was impaled with a big stick. And then, no, it's so they're, like, they're letting no control and that car was being drawn by a gigantic truck. And then yeah. the truck finally <laughs> manages to stop, but the wood pole, like, falls out, I guess. So, like, it's the car goes down the cliff, bang, 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 bang head first into a, a creek. The baby pictures, which she had been showing her husband instead of him driving and paying attention, the baby picture. Well, which is also like, you didn't have to use the brakes at all this entire time. Like, until you got down this thing. But anyway, so the baby pictures <laughs> Just are like in the water. The and they're in the water. And like, floating in the water. And then I'm like, okay guys, let's pause so we can start the podcast and talk about it. Yeah. And the car explodes. <laughs> We're three minutes into the movie, the car... 46 minutes into the podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I'm going to cut some of that stuff out. Yeah. Probably. Um, should we keep going? Yeah. Yeah, yeah oh, let's do it. That was so good. We are 13 minutes and 20 seconds in. Now, John had to leave, but he brought me cookies, so it's okay. So, Steve, I think it might be a good idea if we told John what just happened. It was very well, creepy. Aunt Cheryl apparently does not want her nephew to go off to college. On a full this basketball college. scholarship. Okay. Okay. Keyword is basketball scholarship. And Cheryl freaks out because she says that they can't afford the free ride to college. <laughs> the reason, it, but the more important reason is his girlfriend is going to be attending the same college. Yes. Oh. Also, he's like, well, I figured you'll just sell this house because it's too big for you. And she's like, fuck you. I've lived here <laughs> my whole life. It was my mother's house. Okay, that's the one point I will side with Anne Cheryl. But, on. like, Stephen brought yeah. this up. Like, when he comes home and and like cuz like when you left when you went downstairs um like he was uh, playing basketball and yep. doing whatever um but when he comes home he like Stephen was mentioning just how unsettling she looks and it's not anything to do with the music or the atmosphere there's just something about this way this actress is holding herself that is just like well that was all the reviews yeah. were saying unsettling she was, yeah so it is quite remarkable because it's not like, you know, you can kind of see how people would think that she's okay, but they're what they're doing is they're not listening to the part of themselves that's telling themselves that like get the fuck out of here. Yeah, they they're not listening to that. They're just like, oh, it's fine, it's fine. So yeah, now she's walking into a garden with a with a tray full of pickled vegetables. Mm, yummy. Pickled yummy. Carrots, All right. Pickled carrots. She thinks he should stay home and work and contribute to the household. And he thinks yeah. he should go to college. Job. Yeah. 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 It's like, what? That's how crazy this chick is. Like, what parent would demand their kid to not go to college on a free scholarship? So By they the can... way, the kid is like, he's got, he's got, he's going to Denver. Like whatever college is in Denver, they can't be more than five eight. 
No. Plays like 110 pounds, soaking wet, no. and somehow he's got a scholarship. He got into an argument with a with I guess the gay person. Yeah. And who may or may not be Bill Paxton. We're not sure yet. But the argument wasn't about being gay. It was about whether or not he was a good basketball player, I think. Yeah, but he made a gay reference to him. Yeah, I don't know. It's like a whole... Well, it's it's a men's locker room. There's going to be a lot of gay references. Yeah. Of course. I have difficulty hearing this movie a little bit, and we can't figure out the closed captions. Yeah, so I think it might be to do with being an older movie or something. But Steven's closed captions work, so he knows what's going on better. So, <laughs> All right, so we go. Goodness gracious. We are 19 minutes and 57 seconds in. This is spectacular so far. Could someone else explain what just happened? I'm still kind okay. of reeling. The delivery... Okay, so... Ed Cheryl needed the TV uh, fixed. So he had, she had Billy get the repairman to come over to the house. The repairman comes over. <laughs> the repairman comes over to the house. And Ed Cheryl throws herself at him in the most crudest way possible. Yeah. The repairman rebuffs her advances. And she goes, I need a man. I'll do anything. You can do anything. And so he says, okay. And she slaps him in the face and stabs him in the neck with a knife. <laughs> the, the nephew, Billy, comes home, witnesses the entire thing. Witnesses his aunt stabbing him in the neck. He gets this stupid, goofy look in his face. He runs inside and is like, what you know? What happened? Why are you doing this? And they said he's trying to rape me. <laughs> Aunt Cheryl is covered in blood. So much blood, grinding all over her nephew. Blood on his face. She's putting all the blood that's on her on him. <laughs> Gives him and the so, knife. Yeah. And then and then, like other oh, family know, members arrive. Give him the knife. He pulls it out of the yeah, guy. So oh, he does. Yeah. Knife. Yeah. And so then, like. Family or friends come over with like a nice jello mold for the birthday. I think it was a cake. A cake? They're not crazy. Well, they do they do like have that. to compliment her pickled tomatoes. Yeah, which is fucking weird. <laughs> it is weird, As but someone who's pickled many things, tomatoes never even crossed uh, my mind. I don't even th- I don't understand it. But anyway, so they go in and everything's so kind of eerily done up, nice and pretty. Lace curtains everywhere, happy birthday, Billy, banners everywhere. And the dinner table is set, and, like, they come into the kitchen, dead guy on the ground covered in blood. Cheryl has got her tits out, everything's covered in blood, grinding on her nephew, who's holding a knife, now also covered in blood, because she's put it all over him. And then she runs towards the woman that has come in. And just, like, holds on to her. He's, he tried to rape me! And puts her bloody hands that are somehow still covered in blood on her sister-in-law or whoever this lady's back is. And just red handprints smearing down. And then we cut to the cops. John's looking up pickled tomato recipes. Yeah, and I'm curious now. He's curious now. The one thing you, we can't really have in this house because I'm allergic to tomatoes. I can have them. You can have them. Anyway... So then, like, 
the cops come and they're like, are you buying this uh, rape idea? And he's like, well, the poor guy didn't even have his pecker out yet. So it's like, it sounds, we were just talking about rape culture and it's like, there it is. It's not, I no, mean, she did fake it. She did tr- that's murder him. the best part. The best part is the cop turns to the other cop and goes, do you buy this rape uh, thing? And he goes, nope. The camera cuts over and the woman and the nephew are sitting at the table right next to these two cops. Yeah. <laughs> Why would he want to try to rape her? <laughs> Staring at the dead body. And then it put the implication is just like, like the like the thing about it, like oh he didn't even have his pecker out but he was unzipped his pants he was unzipped because he was like well you're gonna have to go down on me and do all the work it's what he said to her or something like that um why don't they buy it that's what i don't understand wouldn't that be the easiest thing I don't know, because she's crazy, she's got her tits out, and he's just, like, all buttoned up so, well, I mean, well, if she had almost been raped, that would be that would be the reason why her breasts are but, out. But do you well, go like, for a knife before he has his pants down, maybe? I don't know, because the thing is, it's her, like... like um, he didn't just, like, walk into the kitchen without his pants on. Well, um, well I think the thing is, like, if it was a real rape, I could see someone, like, gra- ripping her dress or, like, taking off her top... Before yeah. getting to the so, other part, and she grabbed un- the knife because they're in the kitchen. But her top was unbuttoned. It wasn't, like, ripped open. I know. You're bringing up the issue. <laughs> but it is it is something else, man. It is something she else. Had a good, she had a good backup plan for this stuff. But this was like, all her plan. As soon as she walked in, she just started screaming rape. Yeah. Yeah, and rubbing blood on everything and everybody. Yeah, blood is over everybody. It reminds me a lot of Carrie. Our first episode we recorded... But, like, when Carrie, like, asked her period and just wiping it on to people, yeah. like, help me. <laughs> Let me put my period blood on your white shirt. Jesus. <laughs> she had the biggest period in the world. In the book and Carrie, um, they talk, they, like, Stephen King is so good at t- talking about people's perspectives. And, like, the coach that finds her just wants to hit her. Because she just, like, is so disgusted by this girl that doesn't understand what periods is. Like, she's sad for her, but also just disgusted by her, but has to pretend to care. That is a natural care. reaction to yeah. people like that. Oh, my <laughs> God. Sheltered, I want to kill you. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's keep going. 19 minutes, 57 seconds yes. in, and let's go. <laughs> Shit. Holy shit. He the, knows the thing. Okay, thing. okay. So the detective, the reason why he's like, there's no fucking way this was a rape or whatever, knew that the guy that was, the dead guy, was gay. Yeah. That's why he knows he probably didn't do the rape. Because in oh the meantime, God. I guess he just knows all the gays in the area. Interesting. Yeah, they all because get together and hang he out goes apparently. to the coach in the high school and basically says... If you don't do X, Y, or Z, I'm going to out you to everybody, and you're going to get lynched in this town. And the coach is like, fuck you. This is my best student. This is my best player. He's a great player. Leave him alone. And so I guess the cop outs the coach. Bill Paxton shows up as a high school student to pick a fight with the, with the guy, main character or whatever, because like he was close with the coach. He's like, are you gay too? And now the guy goes home playing basketball. And, like, the detective shows up to say, like, this is why I know he didn't do the rape, because he was gay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Holy shit. This, this movie is so good. We're 36 <laughs> minutes in. That was a fucking twist I wasn't expecting because yeah. they're using the the F slur, as the kids call it, but like, but in a way that's just like, therefore he couldn't have done the thing that got him killed. What's up? Well, it, it wasn't really a slur then. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess it was still a slur, but it was common terminology. Yeah, it was common terminology. <laughs> clearly meant badly because he's saying, are you an F? Are you an F? And then he's like... It was a slur if you were gay, but, like, straight people threw that word around. Yeah. Yeah, but like, if you're saying, are you a bleh? Like, it's like... Yeah. But then I've been, we... I've, like, been going on this, be, I've been going on this rabbit hole where I've been watching old wrestling from the early 80s. Yeah. And I just happened to watch one where there was a small child yelling that one of the wrestlers was an F-slur through, like, his entire match. And it was what? so jarring. It's so weird. It was just a child yelling this. Steven, and I'm like, what? where were you in 1977? Oh, this would have been 1980. 1980. It was Steven as a baby. It was me. But yeah, no, that word had a double meaning um, all the way up until about five years ago, basically. Yeah. And even, maybe even today. Like, I know that as an adult, you're not, you, you don't use that word. Uh, but like, we were, as kids, that word was thrown around and it had nothing to do with gay people. Yeah. Oh. It would, but as you get older, you realize, well, that word does have yeah. this meaning. And, it does, and it's, it's directly in reference to these types of people. And you're like, all right, it's kind of a. Well, and also like the people, and then there's the group of people that love calling gay people that, that also love killing gay people. And that's when you're like, I'm going to go ahead and distance myself from that. And they're all secretly gay. Well, some of them are anyway. Yeah. Including this detective, I assume. So should we keep going? We're 36 minutes in. Well, guys, uh, we're an hour and eight minutes in. It is very hard to stop this movie because it is so insane. Yeah. There's... Everything is done pretty well. So, Billy, I guess for the first time ever, goes in his aunt's room and finds a jewelry box. And she he finds out that she had a boyfriend once. And thought, I guess he thought that the boyfriend was his dad that was dating his mother, but maybe not. And then we cut to, it turns out, of course, at the shrine in the basement... Has the corpse of the boyfriend. In the attic? Yeah. Okay. But anyway, so she poisons him, her nephew, so that he fucks up his special game. Puts him in the attic where he's surrounded by all the toys from his childhood. As if he was still her baby. Yeah. And yeah, it's batshit insane. It's all wrong. It's all wrong. And so then he decides he's going to use his girlfriend to distract her so that he could go through her bedroom. And, of course, the girlfriend gets a meat cleaver to the head because Aunt Cheryl has taken a turn. She looked kind of beautiful and stuff like that. Well, she cut her own hair, and she looks batshit insane now. Like, she already looked unsettling, but her new haircut makes her look like a crazy murderer, which she is because right now she's murdered the girlfriend, put her body somewhere... And they've opened the fridge, and there's blood in the fridge. Will they notice it? I don't know. Here's just... another thing. Billy figured out that Aunt Cheryl murdered that guy. Yes. That he yeah. didn't try to rape her. 
in the very next scene, Billy gets his girlfriend to talk to his aunt, who he's figured out murdered someone in cold blood. Yes. To, to distract her so he can go upstairs to rifle through her stuff. Yes. Yeah. He's a tad selfish. That is a teenage uh, <laughs> mentality right there. It is very silly and dumb. Um, so... Who do you think is gonna? Do you think they're gonna find out that she's the murderer? Oh, wow, there's how many more have to die? There's, there's about twenty minutes left. Yeah, there's twenty minutes left, so they're not gonna find her right away. I don't think. No, I was surprised. The detective thing gets resolved. I don't know. The detective has been looking. <laughs> he thinks everybody's gay. Well, also he's got like a gun uh, trained on some Latino guy, and is like, Don de esta. Yeah. We've to mention there's a uh, B plot concerning this detective, and he was put together, and I even referred to him as the world's greatest detective yeah. earlier. But throughout this movie, he has been descending into madness. <laughs> for like, for, uh, as soon as he found out that the coach was gay, oh yeah, that just like yeah, every- woke up something in his brain, and yes. he just started struggling. Everybody's yes. gay. <laughs> Everybody's gay and bad and have to be found out. Everywhere. Yeah. Oh boy. Well, I'm excited to see how this movie ends. Should we go? <laughs> okay, Steve and John, at what stage was there a butcher, a baker, or a candlestick maker? Uh, none or, of the above. How about a night, nightmare maker? I don't know. His mom or his aunt was pretty like fucking crazy. So his aunt ended up being his mother. Maybe? Yeah. So that's what he found. He found his birth certificate. Yeah. And so the guy that she had, the aunt had in the basement was her boyfriend that got her pregnant with Billy, uh, who left her because he didn't love her. And so she killed him and put him in the basement. And her sister and brother-in-law adopted Billy, but she wanted Billy back. To have sex with him. Yeah, I guess. Or something. Or, and then she just wanted to murder him because, you know, why not? Yeah, as convoluted as it all was, I enjoyed the movie. It was so good. I mean, like, we just... Oh, yeah. Well, if you think about it, our podcast was 50 minutes long when we started the movie. It is yeah. now at a min- an hour and three minutes long. We have yeah. not paused very much to talk about the movie as we normally do because it was just like, what the fuck is happening? We have to watch it. It yeah. ends with like Billy killing the cop who has just lost his goddamn mind. Yeah, well, he thinks everybody's gay. They were like, yeah, they were kind of like ending it. Uh, he was unstable. Yeah. yeah. Like, it doesn't seem like anybody else in the police department shares his homophobia. No, yeah, they're just like, the they're like, does. God damn, can no, you keep your to, shit together, he sir? He seemed to think everybody was gay. Yeah. Like, the, yeah. the coach who actually was gay, but then he's like, well, you're gay, too, because you were friends with the coach. It's like, that's not how gay works. And now I'm going to frame you like, for the murder, because you were probably going to try to have sex with the other guy who was gay. Yes. And you killed him. Here. I mean, Everybody's it gay doesn't matter that you're die. 17 and, yeah. and have a girlfriend that you regularly bone. He thinks everybody's gay and they all need to die. Yes, and it's just like batshit insane. It's an odd like, subplot. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it, when you, you gotta think about it, like maybe he just 
thought it like the guy you thought it would be a you know pretty neat uh, story device. Yeah, like, it's a weird like it, it. It almost doesn't fit. Yeah, in the movie. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just, like, but it's, it's like just, the guy's gay, but like the main movie is focused on the aunt and the nephew or yeah. the mother and the son. No. But they're like just so wanted like, to like on the lower level like let's kill gay bashers in this movie. Yeah, but it's also not like <laughs> killing gay bash I mean the whole thing was that that guy had lost his mind. Yeah. Yeah. It, off camera. Off camera was like threatening minorities <laughs> had a dog okay. chained up. I don't know what happened to that dog. I don't know. Dog didn't make he it past a couple doing- acts. He was doing okay until he brought that Mexican feller into the police station, made him sit on the floor, and pointed a gun at him. Donde esta? Explain why. Yeah, he's just like got a gun pointed, and they're like, "Uh, hey, hey, detective, I think I'm gonna do this other thing." It's like how the filmmakers were like, "How do we reiterate this guy's a piece of shit?" Well, let's have him chain up a dog and make a Mexican sit on the floor. Yeah. And I like how no one had a problem with this. Yeah. No, it's fine. <laughs> it's like, like, oh. That's odd. Anyway. Chief's being an asshole yep. again. Chief's <laughs> uh, so weird. Chief's threatening to kill Mexicans again. It must be Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, that's so weird. But through it good all, movie. this was, a, yeah, this was a pretty good movie. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why it's called Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker. That is going to be one of the unsolved mysteries for humanity. I understand why they re-released it under a new title. Because the first title does not make sense. It does not. There is neither a butcher or a baker. Or a candlestick maker. Nightmare maker, maybe? Working title. Yeah. Like like when they were writing the script, that was you know it's just like a working title. Yeah, like she's the. I I think they have the title before the script. Like maybe she was supposed (laughs) to like do more baking. I don't or, you know. know? And like, or like, and there needed to be a butcher. But it was ended up a gym teacher. Yeah. Well, like, she could be, well, I don't, okay, wait a minute. A butcher, baker, nightmare maker could just be three descriptive uh, titles of the woman. Well, yeah. yeah. Because she did like tenderized meat. Yeah. So she kills people. With- she bakes because she's a mother. Yeah. And a nightmare maker. She made cookies once, but we didn't see her make the cookies. Yeah. We saw her try to have sex with a TV repairman. And she tenderized some meat and tried to use that meat tenderizer to kill his girlfriend. Yes. Right? See? Yeah. Yeah. So, I think... Who somehow has survived, even though mom came back and, like... So she survives the first attack, and then, instead of leaving the house and the property, comes back inside, and then ends up in the woods and, like, gets her brains bashed in at a creek... But she's at the end of the movie. She's a hero. She's at the end of the movie, and you know what happens at the end? The doodad, the son, is it does not get in trouble for killing the cop because it was temporary insanity, it says. Yep. And then, and he and her went to college. Yep. Which, like, he's already got a, he's got a nice house. Happy ending. He's got a nice house, though. I, uh, yeah. I don't think that kid's bouncing back from this particular traumatic experience. He's not taking, like, English 101 like nothing happened. No. Uh, I don't think he's so. He's in the NBA now. Yeah. That is... Yeah, he is now he is now playing starting forward for that, the Knicks. Yeah. <laughs> they end it, it's like, and his name was Larry Bird. 
<laughs> the untold story. Yeah. Larry Bird, the untold mm-hmm. story. I know that guy. <laughs> yeah, because he's the white guy who was good at basketball. Yeah. That was like, was he at the same time as Michael Jordan? Uh, tail, well, his tail end was Michael tail Jordan starting. Michael Jordan. Okay. He, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. Were. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They were friends, right? Yeah, actually yeah. were. And they were like the biggest two in basketball at the time. And Larry Bird had said before, he's like, I was very insulted whenever they had a white guy try to guard me. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're just sitting like the weakest guy. Yeah. Larry, what, Larry Bird was a white guy. I know, that's what I mean. It's like yeah. when a white guy got guarded in there, just like, oh. Because he's like the best white guy in basketball. Oh. Yeah. Well. Insult. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that he that was an, that was an awesome movie. It and was great. We're going to watch another awesome movie next time. It's going to be. Yeah, um, this is your choice next Shaun week. of the Dead, one of my favorite movies. Oh, that's one of my favorite movies. You want to watch it? You want to do two weeks in a row, Steve? Yeah. We're recording yeah. it like tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. What's tomorrow? Sunday. Sunday? Yeah. I got nothing planned. Oh, perfect. Yeah. yeah. Sounds great. No, you should join us. So, uh, Brewers Brews really quickly. I was drinking some uh, two, some light-hearted oh, yeah. ale and some dark-hearted ale. And I, I was... The light one. Yeah, and I did cold-hearted ale and two-hearted ale. Well, it I was had, a Bell's Night. When light-hearted ale was cold, it was great. But when it warmed up, it felt kind of stinky to me. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and so what? Uh, what is your grossest corner, Steve? What's the grossest part of the movie? Oh, um, the, the Aunt Cheryl just in general. The way her interactions with her nephew. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's exactly um, what I was going her for. Her nephew, your son. Yeah. Like, how about like a specific one? Because there's a lot of them that are pretty um, gross. Um, I know exactly what it was. When for she's. For me, it was. Oh, go ahead, John. Oh, for me, it was when she stabbed the guy and then, like, hugged him all bloody with her titties akimbo. Yes. They were pointing in different directions. Yes, that's akimbo. How about you, Steve? For me, it was, I think, the next scene where um, they find, the cops find, the the woman finds Cheryl and her nephew in the kitchen and she's like grinding up on him yeah that was like, pretty bad bloody she's got this like ugly looking face on like also yeah, tits was... akimbo yeah um i oh, would have to so say <laughs> related to that scene actually was her putting the blood her bloody hands on her nephew son's face well, how about and rubbing the... him all over and then rubbing her friend in the back. It was so perfect that she was wearing oh, yeah. a white shirt. Yes, it was perfect. It was great. Just blood everywhere. Oh, yeah. um, okay, well, I guess that... Uh, thank you so much, Steve. I guess we'll see you tomorrow night. If you want yeah. to yeah, join us. Yes, all That's, right. Um, Shot of the Dead on. DVD in my house. Well, what? I can, I can uh, look that up really quick. Yes, we'll I, look um, it up. I think it may be on HBO. For, for people listening God. at home... Uh, you should all own a DVD copy of it, but Oof. we're also going to be... Uh, it is, it's it's a pay-for movie. Oh, no. Unless we if you it. have a subscription to, like, uh, a Stars subscription. No. Yeah, it's on Stars, or it's a rental for three ninety nine. You should buy it on DVD. Mom has Stars. Oh, she does? Okay, good. So we can... Uh, yeah, you there can you watch go. It. Stars, it's available on... 
on Hulu, YouTube TV, or Sling, or Stars, or Amazon Prime, if you have the Stars. This is probably the movie I've seen most in my life. I've seen it dozens and dozens of times. You know what movie I've seen the most in my life? What? Revenge of the Nerds. Really? How many times have you seen it? Hundreds. Really? It used to come on. It used to come on comedy. Did it you was, own a cape? A tape? I had it on VHS when I was a kid, and it had the most titties available. Oh, that's, that's inappropriate. You weren't supposed and to had, look at any titties before Bush, me. Even had a line. Wow. We've got Bush. That's inappropriate. I know. But. Okay. Oh, this is a very inappropriate movie. Well, I... It was, a, it was my favorite movie in elementary and middle school. Well, on that note, uh, there's just two things left to do, John. Uh, stay scared. And stay married. Goodbye. <laughs>